Hello and welcome to episode two of Film School this July 22nd, 2020. My name is Adam and we are doing the podcast Film School where we talk about all the movies that we've been watching during the week and the big topic for today, The Matrix. Uh, today I have with me the film guru himself, Josh, aka J Luke. How you doing, Josh? Good evening. Hey guys, I'm doing well. <laughs> It's good. Uh, we have the final girl, Emily Pratt. Hello, Adam. <laughs> hey, Ems, how you going? <laughs> good, how are you? <laughs> so natural and relaxed. <laughs> and then finally, the rom-com specialist himself, Chris Birchie. How are you doing, Chris? I'm well, guys. That's good. Awesome. So, uh, as just mentioned, uh, we talk about all the films that we've watched throughout the week uh, and then also jump into a big topic. And this week, it's The Matrix. Um, so, why don't we start off with what we've been watching this week? Uh, yeah, okay. So, this was a down week for me. I only watched about seven or eight films. So, just a slow one. Yep, sounds I start- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I started off with a movie called Cube Zero which is a prequel to the Cube horror films, which were like a precursor to the Saw series, sort of that gore porn style of film. Uh, it's absolutely shit house. Do not watch it. 1.5 stars. Avoid at all costs. Uh, I watched Tetsuo the Iron Man, which is an absolutely cooked cyberpunk body horror film coming straight out of Japan. Uh, only recommended for fans of the super weird my good friend Mighty Tom, who is out of vogue on Letterboxd, shout-outs to Mighty Tom, summed it up perfectly by saying it feels like you're watching a long music video, a long music video for an industrial band. Uh, four stars on that bad boy. Jackass number two. So, now, so, so just, just really quickly, yeah. so in the chat right now, we have Skips J asking the question, Were there any, uh, is there any nudity in these two movies? Uh, <laughs> yes, there is, actually. In Tetsuo the Eye, question. man... There is quite a bit of nudity, <laughs> and it is very cooked. Like I cannot stress this enough. Very cooked. So give me the like the the, the premise of the movie like in a bit more detail. Like, it why would I watch this? It will be pointless for me to even try. <laughs> okay. It's it's abstract. It's surreal. Like it's something to be experienced, not discussed. I think. So <laughs> we'll leave it at that for the old Tetsuo. Uh, so yeah, I watched Jackass number two, which ashamedly I laughed more than I expected to. Uh, this was a throwback to when I was about 13 or 14 years old. Does it still hold up? No. (laughs) For the the first half, you get this nostalgia and some of the gags are actually funny. But then for the second half, it just gets super mean. And like every joke is at someone else's expense. And I feel real bad for the people it's happening to. Oh, no, nah. two stars, avoid. Two don't, stars, don't, avoid? Don't, don't scratch that wow. itch. I know I know it might be there, just don't scratch it. Teenage Adam's really disappointed with that review because I remember thinking uh, it was the funniest thing in the entire world. So did I, and that's why we rewatched it. But nah, like, look, we should be proud that our tasty comedy has evolved <laughs> over the last decade to decade and a half. The real question is, are you going to watch Jackass number three? Look, soon. there's a chance. <laughs> the amount of movies I, I go to, through. I'd love you to rewatch and give that a chance. Uh, surely it gets worse. Anyway, anyway. Sorry? That movie has had on. enough time in the spotlight. A Razorhead. David Lynch's uh, 
uh, first film is a completely surreal horror movie. I thought that uh, Tetsuo would be the weirdest movie I watched this week. It was, but not by as much as I thought. Um, pretty much you all about this going in. It's very uncomfortable. It's body horror. Works off just how weird and abstract it is, but it's beautifully filmed. You can see how he went on to create such classics such as Twin Peaks and Mulholland Drive, and it's all here, but it's just not the most comfortable watch. Um, I watched Above the Rim, where Tupac plays the coldest villain I can remember in a 90s film ever, and it's a basketball drama. It's one of the better basketball movies out there. It's predictable but enjoyable. I gave that four stars, as well as Razorhead. I also gave four stars. And I watched Dark Star. So John Carpenter is my favourite filmmaker of all time, and this was his debut, uh, debut feature film. It's a sci-fi parody that has laughs and has influenced an entire generation of sci-fi. The film Alien exact exists directly because of this film. So, Oh, really? It, yeah. it's So... I think it's Dan O'Bannon is in it and wrote it with John Carpenter is the guy who wrote Alien. And he based the Alien script off what they did here. So, and even like film-wise, you can tell there's a lot of influence. Wow. <clears throat> okay. Um, like, so, yeah. so do you recommend like checking it out if you're an Alien fan? Because I'm a huge Alien fan. Um, I do. You'll get a bit out of it. I only gave it three stars. Um, okay. It'll probably, I was probably excited to know what to expect going in. Okay. But it's definitely worth a watch, and it watches a bit like an old episode of Red Dwarf or something along those lines. Okay. So, and, so pretty sci-fi bit. Like, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely sci-fi. So, so like, get a, is, sorry to cut yeah, you off. Uh, it, like, is it that sort of alien style where it's really dark and sort of like um, stylized uh, with the music and stuff like that, or not so much? Yeah, it is. It's very funny, though. Everything's sort of taken as a gag. But it is very claustrophobic and um, even the costumes remind me of Alien. It's, you'll definitely get an influence there. Okay, cool. And that was my week pretty much, except for a few movies we watched together, which we will discuss later on. Absolutely. All right, Em, hit me. What did you watch this week? <laughs> um, yeah, well, my movie watching week was not as action-packed as Josh's. So I'm only going to speak about one movie which I watched. Um, that was the classic comedy from 2008 that we all know and loved back then. Uh, it's good old Step Brothers. Okay, so, yeah, I was really interested to see if this was still going to be as funny as, like, my... I don't know, I remember everyone, like, at school finding it really hilarious when it first came out and everything. So I was really interested to see if it would still be good now as an adult. And I actually still did really, really enjoy it. So usually not really someone who enjoys, like typically like dumb comedies sort of as i call them but it actually made me laugh okay um, so anything with still... will ferrell then yeah yeah oh. <laughs> well yeah like some you know yeah i kind can't of. stand will ferrell <laughs> i don't f- i don't know to be fair this is the one i thought would hold up out of all will mm. ferrell's movies <laughs> anything's got to be yeah. better than that new eurovision movie guys that's all i, I yeah, say. haven't seen that I have not bothered i don't think i want to <laughs> don't waste your time mm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, so the comedy still holds up. Yeah, still holds up. Um, it was really actually quite interesting to see like how many quotes, which like 
I remember as being like a thing. It's like how many are actually from this movie specifically too? It's like every every like couple of lines, it's like, oh yeah, that was like a thing. It was a pop culture phenomenon. Yeah, yep. Um, so yeah, I actually gave it four stars because I was like, anything that can actually make me laugh, by just being like stupid, gets like it must be doing something right, I guess. So yeah, worth checking out still, I reckon. Great. Uh, and finally, Chris, what rom-coms did you watch this week? Fill me in. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, they're not really rom-coms, but... Uh, but they're Disappointed. So, <laughs> I did watch Thelma and Louise, which you could sort of say is a rom-com between the, the two female lead characters and their relationship building, but not the standard rom-com. Oh, no. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, in this, this movie, uh, Thelma has an unhealthy sort of controlling uh, marriage and she has minimal social life, whereas Louise, um, is, her relationship's a bit more equitable, but they're both not happy with their life. So uh, they kind of decide to go on a road trip uh, to a party. Uh, Thelma begins to let her hair down. Uh, she's against, and against the better judgment of Louise, they end up at a nightclub or some sort of a nightclub of sorts. Uh, they find themselves in a dangerous situation, so I'm not going to spoil it here, uh, but they end up on the run from the law, and that's pretty much where the movie begins. And the two characters, they become a lot more action-packed and their strength kind of shines out, so it's a really nice sort of movie to see uh, two female lead characters and the strength of them uh, growing as the movie goes on. And I think Josh will enjoy this part because Brad Pitt makes an appearance uh, in probably his breakout role as a young cowboy, so... So one part that uh, I know Josh will definitely like. Well, I'll chime in here and let you know that Thelma and Louise is a strong Josh five-star movie. <laughs> I was and... very close to five. I ended up giving it four and a half. Well, so it was I... only the I probably would have given it nine and a half out of ten. So yeah. it was like it was very close to a very. Close it to is. A it is quite the film. Yeah. So did, and it's you... one of my favourites too. To be honest, big fan. Yeah. Definitely a good movie. Guys, uh, the... I haven't seen it. Ooh, yeah. And you call yourself an alien fan. I'm pretty sure it's a Ridley Scott movie, isn't it? Oh, is it? I've got no concept. I, I've heard heaps about it, but like, yeah, okay. If you give it a nine and a half and a five out of five, I am. this is like on the top of my watch list for the week. It, Definitely worth a watch. Yeah. The second one, or I did watch quite a few, but the second one that I'll actually talk about was Mean Girls. Uh, I wanted to rewatch it because... I used to have to watch it uh, for my psychology classes, um, so I thought I'd give give that a go. Uh, and yeah, it, it held it held up. It's it's a really good movie. So there's a lot of movies like that that are really dumb. Those sort of teen movies that you kind of watch and you're like, oh, this is you know the same thing being repeated and repeated. But it actually does have quite a strong plot. It's humorous. Seems to be directed quite well. Heaps of quotes out of it as well, like Step Brothers. Uh, and the message, there's actually a message behind it about uh, the impact of spreading rumours, especially in when you're in secondary school, and taking responsibility for your actions, and I suppose focusing on the positives rather than uh, the negatives of each other. So, yeah, no, I, re- I really liked it. Uh, I still gave it a four out of five. Um, and I suppose one of the things that I thought was funny, because I'm a, a health teacher, uh, there's a couple of spots where sex ed gets taught, and I have to teach that. And the sex ed teacher obviously didn't really like his job that much and just went straight to the to the point so i've got a couple of quotes from it uh so the ones that i respected the most were don't have sex because you'll get pregnant and die and (laughs) and then the second one was 
if you do touch each other, you'll get chlamydia and die. So pretty solid <laughs> advice. Classic. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they're, the, they're the two main ones I watched. So I think we're over to you now, Josh. Oh, it's actually me. All right, I watched some absolute trash this week and maybe we'll save that for the uh, the terrible movies for the week. But I can tell you, do not go and see Little Italy. Um, it's on Netflix and they're advertising it for some God knows reason. Um, it has Hayden Christensen from uh, the original Star Wars series and just, Emma Roberts. Just stop, just stop there. Just hate, no, just yep. no Hayden Christensen. Just... Next movie. Um, next movie, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, which I gave a five out of five because I'm mega Spider-Man fam. It the is, movie's awesome. So. It's such a fun time. It is. Yeah. It holds up. It, I My guilty pleasure movie, I will watch this till the end of time. Tom uh, Holland's the best Spider-Man. I'm just going to show him in there quickly. Yep. Fuck Tobey Maguire. Fuck Andrew Garfield. Uh, moving on from that. Definitely <laughs> a romantic element of Spider-Man, though, with the, the kiss when Spider-Man's upside down on the... Is that number one? Tobey Maguire, yeah. That uh, is... Right. Actually, actually let's, let's just state for the record, don't fuck Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire was perfectly fine. Yeah. Tom Holland's just better. I don't Tom know. Tom Holland's just better. Yeah, Tom Holland is better. All right. We needed a Tobey Maguire to get to Tom Holland. Uh, Correct. Mo- moving on. <laughs> um, I watched Ready Player One. Um, for the first time since the movies. Gave it a three out of five uh, story set in a computer game where they're trying to find Easter eggs. Uh, It's fine. It's uh, directed by Spielberg. It's definitely not anywhere near the caliber of movies that he's done in the past. Um, It's okay. Like, it's definitely not a return to form for him. Uh, And then I watched... Probably one of the worst movies I've seen in recent times as well, called Tall Girl. And I gave this a one out of ten. And it, it is essentially a... I didn't even know... It's a teen drama, rom-com, where there's a tall girl in class who gets ostracized. Uh, and then there's another tall guy who joins the school. <laughs> And um, she finds out that the tall guy's a dick and that the short guy who was into her the whole time is the love of her life. And that's all I need to say about that. And I did just spoil it, but like... The, the I was going to watch movies. it after this finished. You <laughs> pitched it so well. I was like, nah, I'm in for this. And now you ruined it. Now my night's ruined. Did you give it more than a one? No, I gave it a one out of two. Yeah, and and the, the end is so outrageously predictable. Um, but like, if you're up for a fun evening, I suppose, like, don't watch, don't this. watch this. Yeah. <laughs> so there are two movies, um, that we all watched this week, um, in sort of a group chat. Uh, and one of those is the others. Uh, Josh, do you want to jump in and tell us a bit more about what the others was? Uh, yeah, it's a period set, uh, horror film sort of based around a haunted house starring Nicole Kippen. From the early 2000s, I believe. I'm 2001. Yeah, 2001, very early. Um, yeah, I. it was actually the first time I'd seen this. I'd known about it for a long, long time. Unfortunately, I had the plot spoiled for me a long time ago. But, yeah, I still really enjoyed it. I gave it a three and a half, I think, which for this style of horror for me is pretty good. Hmm. Um, yeah, this for me, I'd actually, like owned this on video when I was a child so I was watching this movie when I was like 10 years old um, and I was terrified of it so it was actually really interesting to rewatch it again like as an adult now 
Um, and again, like having an awareness of the twist and everything too. And I thought it might kind of ruin it for me, but it actually made a very good watch still because it, like, instead of, you know, guessing what was going to happen, I could kind of look for like the little, um, the little hints that they were giving and all the foreshadowing and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I actually still really rated this movie and I gave it a four. So, so, so I, so I gave this a, a, a three out of five stars. Um, I'm not the biggest horror fan, uh, that you guys know, um, but it was it was really good and and particularly the ending and I don't want to spoil it was fantastic and Nicole Kidman did a did a really great job. Um, mm. There's definitely some pretty eerie bits and some like I I don't know I, like I'm a scaredy cat so watching in an apartment by myself and even just texting you guys was a bit much for me. <laughs> can, um, can I chime in here yeah, and just say that when we were texting during this, I genuinely thought you were kidding with how scared you were because I was. Watching this, thinking, yeah, this is all right. They've done a pretty good job, and just like analysing it as a film, and you're freaking out. I'm like, surely this is a bit. Like he's doing a bit, right? <laughs> nah, nah. Yeah. Horrors, horror is absolutely not my jam. Like it gets worse, and like with our suggestion for what the movie is for the next week, uh, can't mm. wait to I'm exploit gonna... that. <laughs> Wet my pants. Um, and Chris, what I'm... are your thoughts on it? I was actually going to say it's on the lower end of scariness, so... Uh, <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. What you were, you were going with there, Adam. Um, the one thing I would add to it is because Nathan chimed in before with, you know, is there any nudity? It's it's definitely not eyes wide, wide shut, so it's a different role for Nicole Kidman there, but I did like it. Uh, it was I found there was a few clues to the plot, but it was definitely well thought out. As a, I, thought it was, I thought it was foreshadowed well. Yeah. Yeah, it was really well done. Like, the the ending, like, made the film worth the suffering. Yeah, the last, <laughs> definitely the twist, twister, the double twist is uh, is very good. And I gave it three and a half as well. It had more twists than a bag of twisties, as my dad would say. <laughs> um, Shout so, out to my dad. The other movie that we all watched together was Ocean's Eleven. Take it away, Josh. Tell us what Ocean's Eleven's about and tell me why it's the fucking best. <laughs> well, this movie rules. Like, just go back and watch this movie if you haven't seen it in years because it's just a bunch of A-list actors just having an A-list time and we're all having an A-list time too because oh, the chemistry Brad Pitt and George Clooney have in this movie is insane. Those two could have chemistry with a broomstick. <laughs> and the fact that they are together, it's it's too much for my TV screen. So let me and just it's a, roll It's a four and a half star for me. I'll just chime in before you take over. Yeah, 100%. I, like, so I gave this a five out of five. I think the, they don't make movies like this anymore. Um, and and just, just listen to this lineup of actors. We have George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Andy Garcia, Julia Roberts, Bernie Mac, Don Cheadle, Casey Affleck, and, like, that's just some of them. The list just keeps going. Also, thanks for reminding me there that I did a Bernie Mac double feature this week after watching <laughs> Above the Rim. Um, and it's also, like, directed by Steven Soderbergh, who has done, like, side effects. Um, and actually, not a whole lot else. I don't... He, he did do Ocean's 12 and Ocean's 13, though, so... Um, Soderbergh's a jet. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. Oh, he actually also did Contagion. 
Oh, oh, man, wow. he's, he's done some really big movies. Oh, also, uh, Magic Mike, now that I'm looking. Um, <laughs> I still have to watch Magic Mike. I'm very keen for a watch. Oh, ma- I'm also far, maybe far more interested in that as an option for next week. <laughs> um, yeah, any other thoughts on Ocean's Eleven, guys? I think you've said it all. Just all-star cast, um, all-star casino heist. That's about all I've got to add to it. Yeah. Very good. I um I gave it a bit of a low, like not a low rating, but like lower than you guys. I gave it a four. Like yeah, four, loved four the cast and everything. Well. It was like solid movie, great cast, but like I don't know, didn't like do anything amazing for me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. So sorry. Fair enough. I know. Nah, sorry. It's, it's just... <laughs> that hurts so much more than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I was a bit nervous to say that. I was like, oh, do I say it or not? But you know, just wanted to be honest and. No, know, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the uh, the curse of heist films. Yeah. All right. So I think that that's probably a good place to stop, like what we've been watching this week. Uh, and now it is time to jump into the big topic. And I wish I had a jingle, but Emily hasn't provided one. So I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So The Matrix. Uh, this is a movie directed by the Wachowski brothers in 1999. It essentially set the tone for action films for the next five, ten years, um, and we're still seeing uh, its influence today. It features Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Filmburn, uh, Kerry-Ann Moss, and Hugo Weaving, just to name some of the people. Uh, in Australia, it was distributed by Roadshow Films and in the States. I didn't write it down because I don't care because I'm Australian. Um, part of this movie is, uh, well, most of this movie is actually shot in Sydney. I don't know if you guys picked that up. I saw a Westpac image in the background of one of the scenes, Um it's all shot in Sydney, but it's based in Chicago. It only cost $63 million uh, budget and produced $465 million box office. It has a runtime of one wow. hour and 36 minutes. Um, yeah, so like, I guess what was everyone's initial thoughts on The Matrix? And had anyone not seen it before? I had seen it once when I was in year 10, so like a decade ago. Um, and yeah, I remembered very little of it. So for me, it was more or less like a first watch, I guess. I have seen this movie ad nauseum. <laughs> I've seen this movie so many times and it had been a while. So I was excited to revisit it. I've seen it a handful of times and I remember loving it. And when I rewatched it, I loved it just as much. It's definitely held the uh, test of time, this one. That's that's the same for me. I, I I'm the same as you, Josh. I've I've seen this movie countless amounts of time, uh, and it still holds up. And I, I just like knowing that this was produced in 1999 um, when I was doing this rewatch. Like the CG in this just holds up. It is yeah, phenomenally Absolutely. done. Um, so I like. I guess, like, any any other, like, really big thoughts on the movie? Like, do we want to talk about the themes? Like, uh, Josh, you usually have something here. <laughs> well, seeing as we all know the plot, and I'm assuming most people, if anyone's listening to this, would also know the plot, so I can just sort of dive into my big takeaway is the fact that... Would you want that, to just give, like, a really quick run over of what the plot is? Uh, yeah, sort of. Um, we'll go a bit in terms of the world. It's sort of a dystopian future where the world has been burnt out and it is being run by machines that use humans as batteries, and all human consciousness is funneled through a virtual world known as the Matrix, which is sort of designed to replicate late 20th century, 
Earth, basically. And yeah, I, that's pretty much the basic outline of the plot. Yep. Um, there is a so there's a group of humans in the real world who pull people out of the matrix and use them to sort of fight against the machines. And there is one called Cipher. Played it was Joe Pantoliani from Memento, wasn't it? Who played Cipher? I believe the ball guy. That's a great question. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, I believe it was. Anyway, Cypher. It did look like him, yeah. I believe it was. Yes, if it, it is. wasn't, I it apologize. Is, it is Joe Pantolano. So we watched... So in two weeks, we've done two Joe Pantolano movies and two Carrie Ann Moss movies. But anyway, <laughs> Cypher is the most rational person in this movie. Am I wrong? Why? Because he just wants to live in an ignorance is bliss world. Why would you want to be pulled out of the Matrix? That's it's me that question. I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you on this. <laughs> this whole movie, I'm just thinking, like, yeah, I get it. But I'd rather live in the late 90s. I'd rather go to my cushy office job and just live my techno lifestyle. Like, Neo's life didn't look that bad. His life looked way worse after he got out of the Matrix. True. I guess that's where that question is raised, though, of, like, you know, is it better to, like, like the whole ignorance is bliss thing. Like, is it best just to, like, live in ignorance and, like, not know the truth or, you know? It's the whole point of the movie, but I feel like they have the wrong opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, do you have any thoughts on the Matrix and its story? Uh, I, I love the story. I like the concept behind it too with um, there's a few like analogies in there. Like one in particular was that humans are like a virus. So very topical right now, but, you know, we consume all the natural resources around us and then infect another area. So I thought that was a pretty good reflection on society or a pretty bleak reflection on society. Uh, I also, I love the music in it, all the 90s electronic and heavy rock music. Rob um, Zombie was the first track off out of the gate and I was very happy had a smile yeah. on my face straight away the soundtrack is is on point uh, I also had a bit of a look back because I wasn't sure if I did watch this in the cinemas but I I found out that I didn't but then I found an old tip- ticket stub of uh, Matrix uh, number two so the Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions which I thought was quite quite funny to see that I had the, the old ticket stub and probably the the random thing about it is when you turn it over, there is a buy one, get one free Big Mac. So <laughs> That's a great deal. <laughs> I know. What a great deal. They must have done, you know, different things on Hoyt's tickets back then, but but that was, <laughs> that was there. Uh, the other thing that I did notice in the movie, I don't know if you guys picked it up. I was a bit of a Home and Away fan growing up, but there was uh, Leah from Home and Away plays a very small cameo in there. Did anyone notice that? I did not, but I know the Matrix series as a whole is widely known for having lots of Australian actors just thrown in there here and there. So, yep. shout-outs, so, shout-outs. She had a very small role. It was only about 10 seconds, but it was quite an important role because it's when, uh, when uh, well, I've had a matter blank on the name, Neo? Yep. Leo. Yep. Yeah. 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 Neo, as uh, computer, as started you know talking to him essentially and it says something about follow the white rabbit oh she's the white rabbit she's the one with the tattoo 
Dujour, yeah, Dujour, the white she rabbit girl. She is too. Yeah, so he opens the door, sees a white rabbit, and that's why he goes to the, the party where he meets uh, Trinity. So thought that was an interesting little little cameo there. So a fun hey. fact about uh, The Matrix is the Wachowskis uh, decided to put a whole bunch of Alice in Wonderland um, like Easter say. eggs throughout the movie um, as a uh, sort of um, symbolism for like a mixed uh, reality. Uh, so there's Morpheus says down the rabbit hole doesn't he at one point yeah yep so he says that there's the tattoo which is the white rabbit Uh, and in addition to that when they go to the prophet's house towards the end of the film in the background there's a whole bunch of rabbits jumping around on the tv just as some little easter eggs that they snuck throughout um there's also uh lots of other easter eggs that they put into the film um and and i guess like in the first like running scenes um the red and the blue pill, the pivotal moment, um, is like symbolized in like the the cop cars and their their lights. Uh, you've got uh, lots of example of mirrors, including like the glasses, um, the mirror that uh, Neo touches, and it's all about like I guess like I was watching this interview with uh, the two of them, and they were talking about like they were exploring like mirrors as like a way of like mixing with our perception of what is reality versus what is a perceived reality. Um, and, and then like, in addition to that, just like, a, I guess a few more like cinematography, like fun facts is uh, whenever they're in the matrix, I don't know if you guys noticed the, the coloring on all the scenes is, is green. Um, yes, and then definitely. as soon as they move to the real world, it goes to sort of like a bluish color. So um, mm-hmm. that was something that they were, um, pushing for uh and, and a lot of it is actually inspired by the anime uh, a ghost in a shell um which is which was produced in 1995 um and and actually mirrors like a lot of the action scenes straight out of that cartoon sure does um also a thing that we we're discussing before the podcast was that every re teacher or religion teacher <laughs> during the 2000s would always try and shoehorn this into their class as Christian allegory. And it's definitely there. Like, I picked it up a lot during this watch through, actually. Which is funny because I did not at all. (laughs) Like, (laughs) until you said it, I was just like, what? What do you mean? I've even thought of an example since we've started. You know when um, Agent Smith has Morpheus hostage? He even says the first version of the Matrix was a perfect utopia and all that sort of stuff, like the Adam and Eve story. Uh, yeah. So, so I've heard that, like, I can't remember the name, but uh, when when they refer to the city in the Matrix, um, it's actually a Zion. Is it Zion? Yeah, Zion. Um, I don't know what the what's the word that means another word, Emily. You would know. You're good at English. But it, it's like an acronym for like Jerusalem or like a, <laughs> I don't know, acronym is not the word. Synonym. 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 Yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, Em. There's the the idiotic thing that I said. It was coming. We knew it was coming. Highlight of highlight of the episode. <laughs> um, another thing that I saw that like was Neo. Neo is. <laughs> I'm using too many words that mean other words, and I don't know what any of those words are. But like it means it's you can rearrange it to be like one. And they were like, oh, yes, okay. the one. Yes. That one's not really hidden that well, is it? <laughs> It's so it's hard to do whatever that is with a three with a three letter word. 
<laughs> it's it, not it, is it an anagram? That's the word, I think. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, I believe I so. think so. Yeah. So it's, I mean, like dog and god or not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right, yeah. Oh, but that's backwards. Yeah. Neo. <laughs> We're off the rails here, ladies that's and gentlemen. That's a palindrome. <laughs> Guys, that's a palindrome. There we go. That's oh. a word I've heard before. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't see the Jesus or, or the um, the relationship to Christ and Which God is, like, quite funny. Trust so me, by the time you get to the last one... By the time you get to the last one, it is very Jesus-heavy. Oh my god, he's going to sacrifice himself, isn't he? I can't remember the last three, or the last two at all. Spoiler alert, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) Yeah, number three's not very memorable. No, not at all. Unless you're just like watching the Sentinels just shoot each other for about an hour. Real dull movie. And also, which is quite funny to follow this movie up, the CGI in the second and the third one sucks. I wonder what the budget was. I'll have to have a... I, Way I, higher, but they just tried to overdo it, I think. Need to rewatch the second one, because I thought the second one was okay with the CGI, but I only reckon I watched it once or twice. Like, I didn't... All I remember it. is that there's about... There's that scene in the courtyard in the second one where there's about 100 Agent Smiths. And I was just like, this CGI sucks. And then the third one is just that times a thousand the entire movie which is funny because like this is a very tech heavy movie and a very cgi heavy movie but it's sort of understated at the same time like they don't do any it's they don't do anything out of control it's just really good effects yeah it seems very practical like all the effects seem to be quite practical yeah yeah oh actually that's one thing i want to bring up before we stop talking about the matrix what about the moral question of so everyone who's living in the Matrix believes it to be the real world, right? Yes, that's correct. What about the scene where Trinity and Neo go into that lobby and just mow down civilians? Like, I get it. You're trying to save Morpheus, but at the end of the day, those are just guys going to their job. <laughs> they don't know the Matrix isn't real. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I didn't think about the concept, if they die then... Do they get rebooted or are they... No, no, no. Once they die in the Matrix, the body dies too. So they just get recycled. So So they're they're legitimately killing these people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is a a definite dilemma there, isn't it? So like, yeah, because they're thinking that like, oh, they're making this sacrifice for the greater good. But then it's like, but are they actually doing good by... Correct, yeah. you're you're, You're technically ruining more lives... Than are probably mm. alive in Zion. There's probably yeah. more people living in the Matrix. Yeah, interesting. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I don't really have much to comment on that. Like, I feel like your body, if your body's just in this vat of liquid, like, kill me now. But, but, they, but then they, again, they don't, know, but they don't know that. They don't know no, that. So they're just, you could be sitting in a vat of liquid right now filming this podcast. Neo could burst through the door, shoot you in the head, say to the greater good, but to you, it's not going to matter. You're going to be dead. But you wouldn't know, would you? No, because you'd be dead. Yeah. Nah, well, bring it on. <laughs> I'm ready to die at any point, guys. Uh, what are we living for anyways? COVID? 
No. This has taken <laughs> a yeah. this has taken a Heather's like turn. This is bleak now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, so I guess like the only thing I wanted to finish on for the Matrix, like unless you guys have any final other final comments. I think I'm good. Yeah, all right, good. Um, so the so the Matrix was so um, influential. That, yeah, as I said, it it. Wait, did I already mention that how influential it was, and that the other movies that have like mimicked this and examples? I can't. No, remember. I don't think you have. Yeah, so it was so influential that essentially every movie between yeah 1999 to 2005 um, had inspired action scenes. Um, this includes. You may have mentioned this already. I feel like I did. <laughs> Yeah. What movies though? What movies were? Yeah, go so, the movie. so Charlie's Angels has like yeah, no, a you direct... definitely didn't. I definitely didn't. Didn't. No, no. You mentioned yeah. the Ghost in the Shell. You mentioned Ghost in the Shell, but you mentioned that. Okay, yeah. So, um, Charlie's Angels has a bullet that slows down and uses the exact same effect. Uh, the animated uh, DreamWorks film Shrek um, has that scene where they do the the pan around mid action scene. Uh, crouching, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, used like slow mo running along a wall. Um, it inspired an entire class of video games with bullet time, uh, and bullet time actually comes from the Matrix. Um, so, like video games such as Max Payne, uh, essentially anything that has slowed down time um, is said to have been inspired, um, inspired by the Matrix. Um, but with that, that's essentially all the fun facts I have on the Matrix. I, like, there's, there's heaps more. Um, I guess the only other one that I thought was pretty cool is, you know, like, you see the data running down the stream uh, in, in all the scenes. The code, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Wachowskis decided to put uh, every scene that they're in, in the Matrix with rain as a way of, like, symbolizing code running down a screen. I know it's really... Oh, nice. Small symbolism, but that was what they were intending for. Um, all right, that ends that section. I guess. Um, what did we all rate it? Did we all give oh, our yeah. ratings on that one? That's important. <laughs> I went a four point five on this one. I was the same. I was also the same. I went a five. I went all out. Don't give don't give many fives, and I gave this one a, a five. So. I think it deserves it. I don't think that's an overstatement at all. I don't know why, like, why wouldn't you give it a five? Like, what makes it not up to, like, 10 out of 10? Well, when I, when, five, I, when I rate movies like that, I rate on the enjoyment I have actually watching the film. And I think because I know this film like the absolute back of my hand. And there's just been movies since that have been of a similar quality as well. Yep. So, yeah, that. That does it. Yeah. Okay. So what are we watching next week? <laughs> well, that's what we should discuss now. We had a few options. Um, we could watch The Shining, which was recently added to Netflix. I'm all for that. I know could... Adam is probably a bit nervous about that. but Which probably makes it an even more salivating <laughs> option. And he's going to have to watch it on his own too. So that's mm. going to be even more interesting. I'm, I'm down Ooh, to watch yeah. The Shining. Cause I, so have well, you, all three of you seen it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it as well. Yeah. Okay. And I was going to say this. You did just watch Ready Player One, so... There is that just shining bit of con- scene. A bit of contextual knowledge, I guess. Yeah, that was the worst part of the movie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> just wait for a whole movie of it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I reckon, like, let's not beat around the bush. I'm happy to lock in The Shining. Me too. Done. All right. Sounds great. 
Um, well, look, thanks so much for listening to another episode of uh, Film School, uh, episode two uh, for the 22nd of July, 2020. Um, my name's Adam, and this is Chris, Josh, and Emily. And we're signing off. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.